Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and I am pleased to say that we have a full crew today. Joining me today, as always, is Mr. Ray Rumsey. Ray, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you very much. How is everyone in audio land? Well, over here in this audio land, everyone is doing well. And also joining us is Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, and I hope everybody out there is as well. That's good. And we also have a very special guest with us today. Uh, please welcome to Award the Stars, Mike uh, Moriarty. That's right. Uh, I'm honored to be here, guys. Awesome. Awesome. It's honored to be here, too. Now, you don't have a any um, nemesis by the names of Holmes, do you? Uh, <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we're going to get right to it today. And today we're going to be doing something that... I'm sure every one of you has been told not to do. One of the two things you're told never to discuss is politics and religion. And today we're, of course, going to be talking Star Wars and religion. And mostly the religious beliefs and religious systems that help form what we know as Star Wars today and what which religious belief systems they've pulled from so um and i there's several i mean that you can think of right now but um the eastern religions are definitely the big one that i notice that you, for me at least i notice right off is um things like buddhism and um beliefs uh things like that you know, there's a lot of influence there, especially when it comes to the Jedi. Yeah, the Shaolin. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, and not just like the Shaolin, but just the whole belief system of the Jedi. Um, yeah, warrior monks. Warrior monks and, um, you know, this belief in a force um, that flows through that's a lot like um what like the chinese when you think of you know acupuncture and this idea of chi that's very much the are very similar to the same thing so yeah a lot of like uh taoism yeah yeah definitely now i now personally i don't know what the um what everyone's kind of religious background is if you have any but I think we have a pretty diverse crowd here um, as far as different religious upbringings and different religious beliefs and non-beliefs and stuff like that. So um, I want to give my guest here a chance to, to kind of talk about, you know, his thoughts on Star Wars and religions and some of the things that he's noticed. So uh, I'll give the floor to you, Mike, for a little bit. What are some things that you have picked up and noticed when watching Star Wars when it comes to religion and faith? Well, I think, you know, you uh, 
you hit it on the head when you mentioned the Eastern religions. I mean, George Lucas uh, said that was a lot of inspiration for it then. And some of the, I guess you could say the more nebulous spiritual aspects of it probably was stuff that was born out of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the area era of uh, the 60s and the stuff before that when uh, spiritualism kind of came on the scene. Well, I, wanna, I don't want to say came on the scene, but uh, it was rediscovered by a younger generation. And of course, that was right during George Lucas's uh, time, especially when college and stuff. So oh, yeah. uh, you can see a lot of that, and but you can see him pull from the more Western religions when you have a, a uh, chosen one conceived without a father i mean is obvious yeah uh western christian undertones there and stuff so he is not afraid to pull from everything oh go ahead yeah pardon me for the cough there sorry you good (laughs) you were gonna say something mike were you done uh i i thought you were gonna chime in there i didn't want to interrupt you no no i I didn't mean to interrupt you oh no you (laughs) um but those are the things that always seem to stand out the most but yeah definitely the warrior monk like you said the shaolin and stuff it 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 jumps out at you but it's done in a really artistic way it doesn't seem uh, overly obvious to me you know he he story he puts it into the story very well Mm -hmm. and in the new films too yes very much so very much so uh so uh joe you're gonna say something Oh, it just the the Christian aspect of the the chosen one also goes back into the Egyptian mythology with uh, Horus and uh, Isis. You know, yeah, born of his father mm. uh, after his father's death, and then you know broken apart and sent on his way, and then returned to rule. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so you, you get some of the uh, the the rising from the dead. And, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely get a lot of you know, different, um, it's really an amalgamation of very lots of different faiths and belief systems kind of meshed into one. And, um, but as you said, Mike, done in a way that's very seamless and makes it feel like, oh yeah, this is something that of course could exist in this world. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that seems like so far fanciful that, you know, it couldn't, you know, you you couldn't see it existing in even our world, you know. Yeah. So. And of course it does now. I was going to say, yeah, yeah it, it does, it does <laughs> now. Does. Yeah. We, we do have the Jedi temple. So yes, we do. There is a Jedi faith. Um. So um, I gave you all a little bit of homework, and I don't know if either, if any of you were able to watch the Mortis arc uh, from the Clone Wars, because I think of all the episodes in the Clone Wars, that is the one that has that one, and I think the final few, ep- the final one of the final episodes of season six, where Yoda goes to visit the Wills, mm-hmm. those have the most re- really overt religious um, undertones in in that series, especially that series, The Clone Wars, especially, um, in my opinion, the Mortis, the Mortis arc, which was one of the best arcs in Clone Wars, I think. But 
Um, and the, I mean, right there, the Trinity, um, and, and the, in the show, they, they talk about um, the Force, in this case, is kind of being given almost like a almost human form, and it's the father, the son, and the daughter, which that to me is just a very, very, very direct, about as direct parallel as you can get to the Trinity of Christianity. Yeah, and a, and a straight shot to the Skywalkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's, and the force itself is, I mean, there's so many ways you can describe it and use other ideas and things from different, different religions and different faiths. Like I already mentioned Chi, um, in Eastern religions, um, for those of you who, like myself, come from a more of an evangelical Christian background, um, I look at, uh, in Christianity, the Holy Spirit. Those are both things that you can use to kind of conceptualize what the Force is and how it might work. Um, and I don't know what you guys think about that, but you know, that's just for me what I kind of pull out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just showing the, um, you know, like the yin and the yang. There's got to be a balance. There's there's no one or the other. Yeah. You, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And of course, the father was there to keep them in balance. He was like the outer circle holding it all together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, hmm. <laughs> This is harder than I thought. That. Well, with, with Mortis, I definitely see the uh, the fusing of, like you said, Christian aspects, and also definitely uh, uh, the, like you said, the Ray, the yin and the yang. There's this meeting of Western and Eastern, all in the the those three episodes. You have the three for the Trinity. You have the Force, which is uh, the Eastern, uh, like you said, Chi aspect, and it just flows together and locks in together so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, it, it went together so seamlessly. I think that was one of the the things about the Mortis arc that was the most well done was how they were able to bring all that stuff together, and it just flows through those three episodes. Yeah. And you just you just go you just carried along with it. You're like, oh yeah. I mean, while you can't really understand everything that's coming at you especially like the first time you ever watch those episodes mm-hmm. you just get carried along with it like yeah i could see that this is this yeah. is where we're going okay yeah it, mm-hmm. makes, yeah it makes everything kind of makes sense and just really like you said kind of flows together in a way that like oh yeah yeah sure um and even though it's <laughs> it's one of the more sci-fi fancy you know I, I, it's funny to say that in a, a movie that's all about space wizards um, <laughs> but it's definitely the more fantasy driven of the clone wars episodes um, yeah as far as you know getting into the more mystical and spiritual aspects of the force um but the one thing yeah. I, one thing I definitely like that they have done in some of the new movies is diversify 
these faiths and the, the like that it's not just the Jedi. You know, now you see that you have yeah. these different belief systems, these different it's not just the the Jedi and the Sith. It's you have, you know, the 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 wills, you have all these different, you know, force churches that are out there quote I guess you could call them that that are out there in a way that I think parallels what you see with a lot of Western religions, particularly Christianity, with the kind of different denominations and different um, churches that are out there that, you know, it would make sense that in a galaxy that's that vast and that's that that's that big, that there would be these different um, quote, unquote, I guess you call them denominations that would spring up, that not everyone would be adherent to one way or the other yeah you know the first baptist church of tatooine yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't try and frighten us with your sorcerer's ways lord vader (laughs) (laughs) your sad devotion to that ancient religion see there you go there's a lot of people who don't believe any any of it there's from the legends books you've got the wookies and their uh, affinity as kind of uh naturalists Mm -hmm. a nature-based religion Mm-hmm. Um, due to you know being on the the jungle world, the forest world, uh, so you know if you start looking, you start spotting. Oh yeah, uh, mm. different yeah. religions throughout. Yeah, well, even even in the movies, you see you know animist religions and like you said, nature religions like an indoor. You know, they start worshiping three three PO. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's everywhere, you know. And it's one of those things that is so entwined within the story, but as as we've said already, entwined in such a way that it doesn't feel forced. Forced. Yeah. <laughs> if to, to, to unfortunately <laughs> have to use that word. <laughs> yeah. The force is not forced on you. No. No. Um, but in the in the. See, that's the chaos in the galaxy are all of these religions. Oh, yeah. And that's why the Order of the Empire was needed. Yes. Um, Mike, <laughs> if you haven't guessed already, Joe is our um, resident imperial uh, propagandist. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and he's extremely good at it. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing I, I have is, and this is something that just kind of kind of struck me just now if you look at the prequels and where the jedi were at that during that time of the prequels and before you could almost get the parallel between the catholic church during the middle ages um when it was at the height of its power and you know they held so much power and so much influence and yeah, you know, I just that's just something that just kind of struck yeah, me. Yeah, could, could order governments that. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The queens obeyed the orders of the pope. Um, right. You know, and and, same, yeah, and, and I had a religious um, upbringing, uh, Catholic schools. So, you know, I'm a recovered Catholic now. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <geez. laughs> yeah. What religion are you? Recovered Catholic, practicing pagan. Um, 
but oh, yeah, the, the Catholic Church was at its huge, huge power oh. in the Middle Ages. Oh, definitely. And yeah. it lasted. It lasted through into some modern times. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's amazing. I mean, that's where kind of similarity ends. Is um, well, unless you want to count the um, the destruction of the um, the Templars in um, the Middle Ages as kind of their their Order sixty six, but the Catholic Church never really had its Order sixty six. So. Even though they have, well, actually they they did, but it was against the <laughs> Templars. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, there was yeah. nothing that kind of like, even though kill the clones <laughs> in the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, no yeah. one expects that. No, yeah. no one expects. No. That. <laughs> well, you no. Know, what I mean is, there was nothing that really like. If you look at the Catholic Church as being sort of what the Jedi Order was during the time of the High Republic and Old Republic, mm-hmm. there was nothing that really came along and significantly, other than just time and, you know, secular governments getting more and more power, there was nothing that really came along and significantly dropped their power overnight. Their power was kind of waned over time. Right. It wasn't like there was an army that came in and said, "All right, we're killing all y'all." Um, <laughs> you know. Just so are you, are you saying the Sith are the reformers? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I've been uh, trying to teach you guys, Mike. You are so astute and observant. Be, because if Darth Maul is Martin Luther in this world, I'm down. <laughs> oh yes, there you go. Um. I mean, you can, I mean there is you can see parallel, but I see more of a parallel between that, and now we're getting into more history. Um, between the the schism between, I see less of a parallel between the division between the Protestants and Catholics, than I do between the Catholics and the. Um, the first schism between the Catholics and the Orthodox. You know, when, it, when you're looking at the difference between the, the Jedi and the Sith, you know, they're so close on so many ways, but yet they're very, but the, yet they're both different. You know, mm-hmm. that, and, but I mean, you can, you can make parallels between both, both schisms in the Christian church with the, when you're talking about the Jedi and the Sith and the differences between them. Um, or even just completely different religions, you know, that are born from the same general start. You know, you can look at the the ancient Jedi, you know, when they first started as being closer to what Judaism was. And then as mm-hmm. they split, you have the Jedi, the, Je- the J- Jedi, who became, you know, the Christians, and... I know I'm going to get like a lot of heat for this probably, but then you have the division of the Sith who could be, you know, maybe closer to the Muslims, not saying that Muslims are all dark side use dark side or anything like that. But that's kind of the parallel I can see is that they both come from one single faith, but they branched off into different, into three completely different faiths. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty common for any religion. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially ones that have been around for that long and have been that prevalent and that... Um, the the part that strikes me is with the exception of uh, 3PO, there was never any... Well, I mean, they kind of tidied that up with the Clone Wars, but if we're talking just movies-wise, there was never an actual deity. There, mm-hmm. there was just like the philosophy of... You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that falls into closer to... Um, like the Buddha, like Buddhism, and those kind of Eastern religions, where there is ne- isn't necessarily a deity in Buddhism. You know, mm-hmm. the way I understand it, Buddha isn't considered a god. Um, Correct. Correct. So, so it's kind of the same thing. There's no one. There's through the Force. There's no deity. It's just the Force. Um, you know, it's just this right you know, life force that flows that as he, you know, flows through us, you know, in us, about us, you know, that, that whole thing. But, but yeah, I mean, there's no real, like, you know, real deity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think that kind of helped a little bit to get away from the fact that there has to be this, uh, ever watching deity that guides the Jedi and the Sith and all that. It's just kind of like, no, we're just all about the force and how we use it. Yeah. And that's one thing I like that they kind of got away that they kind of, you know, shied away from and didn't really touch on in the new movies was the dreaded midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I I think that kind of down and I understand the reason why George Lucas did it, but I think when you start to quantify the Force, you take away what made in the original movies the Force so special. Exactly, that it was this physical power that you know people just happened to have. You know, not everyone had it, but. You know, there was no, it was just, you know, happened to be happenstance. And I think that the new movies kind of definitely helped, helped with bringing that back, at least in my opinion, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would definitely yep. agree with that. When yep. they brought in the Metachlorians, they're like, oh, look, we're, we're quantifying it. We're we're bringing science into this, and yeah. I really I agree. I think that really took away from what made it so special in the first place. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, I agree. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of imperialists. Uh, I'm a Sith, actually, just so we're clear. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh hey, boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to watch our backs here, you know, us rebels. Right. <laughs> oh, no, no, you'll see us coming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hide a red lightsaber, guys. It's just... big, big white starships, you know. Yeah. That's no <laughs> the bone. biggest ones in town. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> um, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I tried to get you at least one once an episode. You do. You do. You do. Very good. <laughs> good job. Good job. Um, uh, why do you... Why do you suppose, and this is kind of for everybody, why do you suppose that uh, the Sith and the Jedi, even though they both harness the Force, have such drastic differences in their powers? Like, more, more, like the most specific one that comes to mind is that the Jedi can come back as Force ghosts, like kind of whenever they want, mm. And then we see that the Sith are kind of like, they have to be bound to an object. I think some of that could probably be the Sith are materialists, not in the sense of having possession, but that one of their motivating factors is the acquisition of power and immortality to be able to exercise that power. So they're materialists in the sense of they want to be in the here and now in the tangible, Mm -hmm. uh, on a tangible plane. And that might be why they don't really mess with the spiritual matters uh, of things. (coughs) And, you know, that's the Sith don't heal themselves. Um, you know that that's something that the Jedi do. Um, so I, I that that might be it. That's just kind of yeah, my thought, I, I guess. I think, yeah. gotta, I think you definitely have the nail on the head right there. Is you know the the Siths they want life. Yeah. Yeah, but not in the same way that a Jedi would. Right. I well, think. I'm I don't look at the Jedi's as being alive. It's 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 a spirit coming to warn you yeah. or, mm. you know, it's the essence of what they were, whereas a yeah. Sith wants to keep that essence in mortal form. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They. To them, them, the, the idea of eternal life is something completely different than what a Jedi would view eternal life you know for them for a jedi exactly it's being one with the force you know be you know knowing you know for a sith it's literal being in a physical form for eternity mm-hmm. you know and that's why you have sith powers like essence transfer and you know things like that as ways to kind of prolong the, their life and, you know, for a Jedi, you know, death is, while not welcome, is something that a Jedi realizes is part of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. That life and death may come, whereas a Sith is always wanting to have power over everything. You know, not just, you know, phys- not just power over, like, the physical realm, but power over everything, including life and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's part of their I'd power. i buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. When he said it's the circle of life, I immediately heard uh, starting music for Lion King <laughs> in my head. Yeah, I, I, I almost didn't say that for that very reason, but I'm like, you know what? In the jungle. The oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, Darth Vader was in that movie too, so 
he was. Yeah, yeah. Which proves yeah. he is the world's greatest father. <laughs> well, it proves that Sith are everywhere. There you go. But was I mean at the end did he really he did he really stay a Sith? No. No. He punked out. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't in handle his final, it. In his final moments, he, he turned tail. Yep. Oh. You know, that's like the non-Catholic getting those last rites and the baptism on the deathbed. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think if there if there is a God up there that, you know, is part of your faith, he's going to know yeah. that you're bitching out last minute. Yeah. Um, well, while we're kind of talking about that, let's kind of talk about a little bit about the philosophy of the two main groups and let's start by going with the Sith since we're talking about them and kind of go over the Sith code now as far as I know this is not officially canon yet so this might have changed but the Sith code is peace is a lie there's only passion through passion I gain strength through strength I gain power through power I gain victory through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall set me free. Um, I think we just kind of talked about that. Pretty much capitalized all we just talked about with the with the Sith already. I think, you know, they're all about power. They're all about strength. They're all about passion and freedom. Like I keep telling you guys every week, the Empire is all about freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the Empire is per se, but the Sith Ab- are. Absolutely it is. It's ruled by a Sith. He understands that through order you get freedom. Uh, you know, you need police. Think, so there's stormtroopers on every world. It's yeah, just, I think Wookiees would disagree, though. Okay, you know, <laughs> there are certain things we just don't discuss, like <laughs> non-humans without the capability to understand the... the the sacrifice the emperor did by bringing them in. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that does kind of to be kind of serious here for a little bit, if I can be serious for a moment. Um, that when they talk about freedom, they're talk they're not necessarily talking about freedom for everyone. They're talking about their freedom to rule the galaxy, their freedom to you know, bend the world, the the galaxy to how they see it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how it's not necessarily that they want, you know, independence and freedom and free will for everyone. It's like, no, I want freedom to do what I want to do. Um, Look, you're all free to do what you want to do as long as you don't break the law. True enough. True, true, true. For for the for the Sith, the the powerful were by right the ones that yeah. should rule. Yeah, exactly. That that was their it might it's not even might is right. Might is everything. Yeah, yeah. They're very much Darwinian in their view of, like you said, not not just that might makes right, but that the strongest the survival of the strongest. And well, you can even see it in the rule of two. Mm-hmm. You know that right there is encapsulates the the Sith in it to a T is this idea of you know that when you take an apprentice that eventually your apprentice will kill you. 
Yeah. That or is, you kill them to get a new then, apprentice. Then, or, yeah. But eventually, you know that eventually the goal of a Sith master is to get an apprentice who will eventually surpass him. So that the, so that the dark side grows stronger. So the Sith grows stronger. You know, it's hardwired in, into their plans that eventually when you get a when you take on an apprentice, you know that eventually your apprentice is going to try to kill you. So they're all about self-sacrifice. Exactly, exactly. Oh, excellent. What a noble cause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> excellent. I'm going to add that to my list of, of uh, talking points. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, let's counterbalance that with the Jedi Code. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and, Sorry. And, and just to be fair, Fine. just to be fair, you know. Okay, and, okay. So there is no emotion. There is peace. There is no. Ig- there is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. Weak. <laughs> there is no chaos. There is harmony. There Weak. is no death. There is the force. Weak. Uh, there's only the force if you go to like three certain planets and do a bunch of stuff and then you can become a force ghost yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's fair yeah, yeah you know yeah, sure um, <laughs> I think the weirdest part about the Jedi code is that I you know they're they're trying Buddhist lines but I just I feel like it's, it just can't stick code, to it. Yeah, their code in general is asking you to go against every single impulse that is a living creature. Well, yeah. you know, it, they're more like guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The actual rules. <laughs> well, I think that's where, especially with the with the um, the old EU, where when Luke kind of took over, he kind of changed things around and made the Jedi to be a more something that could be more obtainable to to people. Um yeah, there's Well he'd have to be or he would be a hypocrite. Yeah. Um you know, something that could be more, you know, not such strict guidelines, not such strict um adherence to rules and dare I say a more gray aspect. Um, yeah, marriage, uh, all that stuff that... Yeah, that was forbidden before. But not just that, realizing that, you know, whether it be Jedi or whether it be Sith, both get their power through emotion. You know, they both get their power through feelings, you know. Search your feelings. Search your emotions. Um... So that it would be hypocritical. Feel the dark side. Yeah, both are feelings, they're emotions. So, you know, emotions. Well, if, if you killed a million people with one shot, you'd probably have to bend the rules, too. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that oh. Too soon, I'm sorry. Skywalker, damn it. <laughs> All those poor Imperial troops and naval personnel on board the Death Star. <sighs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> hey, hey, Skywalker didn't do it the second time. Close enough. If he hadn't he, wiped out, you know, 
the great leader, he, he we would have been fine. <laughs> hey, no, he did not. Anakin, General Skywalker, Anakin, you who you know better as Lord Vader, did did that. The Jedi formerly known as Lord Vader? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, guy. <laughs> yes. Yes, that one. No, no, it was it was actually uh, General Wedge Antilles and General um, who destroyed the second Death Star. Calrissian. 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 Yes. But also, you know, we cannot forget that the... Public the, Enemies 3 and 4. <laughs> of course, we cannot... For, of course, though, we cannot forget the millions of innocent lives that were lost on Alderaan. Alder what? <laughs> I mean... I know there was. there's an asteroid mining company called Alderaan. Um, I'm not sure why, why you think there were a million people there. Uh, well, it's... it's... <laughs> I got it. Thank you. Uh... I, I love that you brought up the EU because I'm a massive EU fan. Mm-hmm. I, I still read the EU books. Oh, yeah, I love them. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll remember if I get a chance, I'll bring something religious from the EU books later. But yeah. um, speaking of the Jedi Code, that's the things I'm really hyped for with the new, well, it's not Project Luminous anymore, but the High Republic era that they're coming out with is to see the Jedi in their prime and possibly see them the way they were supposed to be because we've only ever seen a faulty Jedi order mm-hmm. in the movies and the TV shows. Right. We've only seen them post hubris, you know, and after their fall. So I'm, I'm excited to see if we're finally going to see the Jedi order the way they were supposed to be. Right. And how far know? back are they going, you know, for the high Republic? Uh, is, is the rule years? of two in effect yet? Two. Or are are there more Sith, which is why there's less Jedi hubris? No, I. This is supposed to be like two hundred. Yeah, two hundred. It's years. only two hundred years before Episode One. Uh, yeah, so we're not going the old old Republic. We're going, you know, the Jedi. About so, like we'll see. Yoda, like from what I've understood, we'll have you'll see Yoda. Oh yeah, it's nine hundred years. Yeah, so I mean. a yeah. much younger. You know. Air quotes, younger Yoda. <laughs> yeah, <Young-ish>. only <laughs> seven hundred years. <laughs> I, I, I want to see this. I want to see Yoda with a mullet. <laughs> oh, hawk. Yes. We're gonna get midlife crisis, Yoda. And he goes by the name Master Splinter. <laughs> hey, now don't cross the streams. Or Stripe. Oh, jeez. Oh. Don't get him wet after midnight. No. <laughs> no feeding after midnight. Oh. Baby Yoda had to come from somewhere. So. Ah, yeah. That's, good. that's where Baby Yoda came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be something if we actually found that out, that the gremlins are actually... <laughs> the, the, the former. <laughs> they're, they're like a long a, they're time like ago. A, they're like a weird offshoot of, Yoda, of the Yoda's race. Yeah, the, the only remnants. <laughs> Well, the ETs were in episode one, so. That's right. I wonder if they will finally name Yoda's race. I hope not. Yeah, I kind of hope not, too. That's that's the one thing that. Yeah, they got to be real careful with that because that could take a lot of us hardcore fans right over an edge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of, I've heard several people talk about 
oh, they want a Yoda movie or they want to know the backstory of Yoda, and I don't. No. I don't know where he Yoda can... needs to be mystical. I, yeah. That's why it's it's fine to have a movie set during this time period because you can still have Yoda have been, having been a Jedi for, for years, you know, centuries, and still keep that mystical aspect of it of him. Yeah. Um, well, that, that right there, the fact that he'll be, you know, he he's available age-wise to be in the High Republic. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people got the sense when he says that. You know, for 900 years have I been training Jedi. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't get sense of what how long that is, and this is going to help. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. With and, just what a badass he is. And will we be able to see him with, um, perhaps with his Padawans? You know, before he became the teacher of the younglings. You That'd know, be cool. Um, you know, will we see him with, you know, training actual Padawans and things like that? And, yeah, there's all kinds of different, you know, stories you can tell and aspects of. Well, on average, a Jedi has a, pa a Padawan. Have any of you ever put it together, the fact that the rule of two? almost fits into the Jedi order as well. Mm. One, one trainer, one apprentice. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, even when he says, I'll take him as my uh, Padawan, you already have. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. You can't take another, you know, kind yeah. of what Yoda was telling him. Yeah. And that was something that they changed in, the old EU because I remember you know, originally in the EU a lot of times a master might have two or three students mm -hmm. you know but they definitely changed that with the with the prequels mm -hmm. um, which just shows more of the continuity and the similarities between that the Sith and the Jedi weren't necessarily that far off from each other you know and yeah, maybe you know did the Jedi adopt that because it allowed the Sith to survive and they were coming into their downside and they're yeah. like, well, maybe this will help us just on a smaller scale. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to take out everybody, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, with the Jedi, you can definitely see, well, let's look at, and I know we have our resident Sith here, but, um, <laughs> the, 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 um, the idea of the Jedi during that time period having lost their way, having, you know... Yeah. You said the word hubris, you know, their yeah. hubris and their arrogance. And, I mean, can we say that, that even the Jedi at this time were skirting the dark side? Oh, you know? definitely, definitely had some Jedi into the deep gray. You know, uh -huh. I mean... You know, with their arrogance and... And I find it interesting that Qui-Gon is the Jedi that discovered the whole Force Spirit thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. the, the grayest Jedi around at that time. But he uh, was gray in a different way. I mean, he was... But we, if, you cut, if you look at the rules, though, yeah. he was real gray. Yeah. If you look at the Jedi Code. If you look at the Jedi Code. You know, he, but, he was more of a, if it works. <laughs> and he also, followed, he always talked about the living force and following 
you know, instead of following where his where his thoughts took took him or or he felt he needed to go, he he followed the force <laughs> and didn't necessarily just rely on. Well, this is what they you know this is what the rules dictate I should do in this situation. He's like, you know what? Maybe in this situation I need to do this instead. Right. Um, which explains which, Obi-Wan and the whole follow your feelings. Yeah. Trust your feelings, Luke. Mm. Yeah. yeah Obi-Wan was a big follow the, the living force. Yeah. Which is ironic because during the Clone Wars he wasn't. If you watch during the Clone Wars and up till the very end, he was, he was a Jedi's Jedi. Mm. He followed the code as strictly as he could. And was very much, you know, all about the order. But then in the end, he saw the downfall of the of the hubris and what that led to. And I think that changed him. Yeah, we've been doing it wrong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've been doing Yeah, like you said, we've been doing it wrong. Almost that the Jedi got to the point where they were trying to bend the force to their will. Exactly. Instead of the yeah. other way around. You know, yeah. they were... Instead of being accepting of the force for what it was, yeah, yeah. I think I think back in the day uh, when when I was still podcasting, I if I remember correctly, I think we did an entire episode talking about Qui Gon and how he was he was what the Jedi should have been. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. And that's why that's why he was never on the council. That's why he was always bucking their authority, and. and and it's fun listening to you say just now how during the Clone Wars Obi Wan was was rigidly following exactly the the will of the Council and everything, and then afterwards he was not. Before that, he was being taught by Qui Gon, and then after that, he was being taught by Qui Gon again. He had training under Qui Gon while he was in exile on Tatooine, and yeah. he, I think he rediscovered and, like you said, through that experience of going through the Clone Wars, surviving Order sixty six, and seeing that the Jedi were wrong and how they went about almost everything that then he goes back and he's under the tutelage of his old master again and he he sees the light basically to the point where when he's facing down Darth Vader he just lets himself get cut down yeah you know he he finally he gets to where Qui-Gon was you know yeah right I think also you know he as much as the, the Jedi say we're not about the accumulation of power we're not about you know in many ways they weren't i think obi-wan epitomized this by saying in episode one when he said you know you could have been on the council years ago but you kept you know basically you kept bucking yeah, you just, authority you didn't mm-hmm. tow the line and yeah. i think for qui-gon qui-gon knew that that's not what being a jedi was about it wasn't about power for a jedi wasn't wasn't sitting on a council and being well and know, that temple was pretty ostentatious yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> you know that's not what being a jedi was it was about serving right and then you know they build this big thing right in the middle of the capital yeah yeah we're the badasses and palpatine looks at it every day from the senate going oh those guys are dangerous <laughs> well, well, palpatine said it in episode three you know all those who have power are afraid to lose it even the jedi yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah, and the, the Jedi had a lot of power. Yeah. And the Clone Wars gave them even more power. Right. Or so they thought. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, being generals and 
in charge of the army, they thought. Yes. <laughs> yeah, put them all right at the top of the pecking order, and that's all there was. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, since we're on a little bit of a crunch time this week, we're going to be wrapping things up. Uh, once again, I want to thank our guest, Mike Moriarty, for being with us today. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell the people out in Audio Land where they can find you at? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at the Fanboy Awaits. If there's social media, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, Joe, where can people find you? Well, on Facebook, you can find me at Joe K. Hill, director, producer, or under Steamhouse Entertainment. Uh, Steamhouse Entertainment also works for Twitter and Instagram and everything else. And then, of course, every week right here at War of the Stars. All right. And last but not least, Ray, where can people find you? Uh, you can head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, and type in The Leo Effects. And that is my podcast. That's where you can find me. And on Tuesday evenings, I do a little bit of uh, crazy voice acting with the folks at Shattered Dawn. Awesome. Uh, of course, you can find me at John uh, Mark at uh, uh, at Mark Tolly on Facebook, and at John Mark Tolly one on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the show, there are several ways you can do that. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, which is uh, War of the Stars, or the Facebook page again, War of the Stars. Twitter, we are at War of the Stars one, and on Gmail, you can email us at Gmail. Uh, at warthestars1 at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, a couple ways you can do that. First is right on the Anchor tab. There is a uh, tab right there on the Anchor homepage for support. You can click that and support us uh, there. Or we do have a Patreon page that is patreon.com backslash war of the stars. We definitely would support uh, appreciate any support that you can give us, it goes would go a long way into making the show better. And that is what we want to do for all of you, is to make this the best Star Wars show on the internet. Uh, that will about wrap it up for this week. Remember to join us next week once again, where we'll be taking you to the galaxy far, far away. So remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. May the Force be with you.